dialed in to Box and Brews, you might hear something you can use. Like tips on your cash or tips on the suds. You're going to want to use the smarts of these studs. Because they know the brews. And they know the box. And they know they can't help the stubborn fucks. So listen up, because shit's not funny. And save yourself some beer money. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews. And brews. Bucks and brews. Swear to God, I hit record, but it's not recording, so we got to start over. That's I'm okay. okay with this. All right. Uh, hey, do you allow cursing on yours? Sure. Just we do that. Just that was one thing we always ask because we we do like crazy. Yeah, I mean we're in construction for God's sakes. Right. All right. So my apologies. Let's do it again. All right. No problem. Um, Greetings and salutations, Real Estate Undergrounders. It's Ed Matthews with the Real Estate Underground podcast. Today is a really cool <clears throat> and different podcast because we're actually recording two podcasts at once with my friends at Bucks and Brews. Dave and Nick, welcome to the show, and uh, thank you for joining me. And uh, why don't you do your intro, and then we'll get we'll get cooking. Well, thank you for having us, and uh, welcome back to Bucks and Brews, Nick. What are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking uh right brain CEO stout uh, here at one o'clock in the afternoon because I'm the responsible adult out of the group. <laughs> yes, you are. Me, I just have water today because I have to go coach high schoolers and I don't need that on nope. my breath. And I'm and, uh, I'm a seltzer guy because I too have a softball game to go watch. And uh, my wife tends to look at me funny when I show up with beer breath. So here <laughs> funny how that happens. Isn't yeah, it? right. Thank you so much for having us on. I'm really looking forward to this episode. Yeah, so it's so it's an interesting uh, uh, mix because you know Nick, you and I are real estate guys, right? And obviously, we both have other holdings. But Dave, you're you know you tend to focus on stocks and ETFs and and bonds, I assume. And I do. Yeah. So why don't we start there? I, I don't know squat about crypto, so we're going to avoid that. Yep. Um. But uh. But the fact is, is that uh. You know, from a stock market perspective, you know, what drew you to that asset class? as opposed to real estate or something else. So I've always loved money. I'll just say it that way. I've loved money. like money. Um, and I was always good at finding ways to make more money. And, you know, it got to the point where I had, when I had enough to start investing, I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to start doing this and decided to go back and finish my finance degree. So I've always, I've always been smart. I just didn't like school. Yeah. Uh, but when you pay for it, you tend to pay attention. Yes. So <clears throat> graduated with high honors. Uh, that taught me a lot of investment options. And then Nick and I love to talk about investments, you know, because we put our hands into a lot of things. I mean, he does a lot of real estate, but he also has a lot of other investments as well. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and at this point, I was paying for my daughter's college. So she was saving all of her money. So she, amassed a decent amount of money and I started yeah. investing for her so that you know she could retire early um and and I got my hands on everything you know I I use some of the newer apps that are out there like stash and acorns and public um I invest in peer-to-peer -peer lending with prosper yep so I, how does that work so you have to fund at least 25 dollars to whatever loan you decide to fund uh -huh. and they will give you the details of the person. So they'll give you what they do for a living, how much money they make in a year, how many delinquencies they have a credit score, a FICO credit score, and then a 
prosper type credit score where they have different Crazy. options for rating yeah. yeah um and then you just figure out if you want to invest in that particular loan i always look at what do they do for a living how much do they make in a year how many delinquencies that they had i really don't care what their credit score looks like if i feel they have the money to pay this back i have no problem throwing money into that loan and i mean it's a three to five year loan some people pay it off sooner so you don't make quite as much but interest rates range anywhere from five to 30 percent so i mean it's a pretty good return on investment as pretty long as return. they don't default so so i'm curious about the performing numbers um, do you have any insight into how many, you know, what percentage of those loans actually perform? Um, I don't, I, I only know what I've dealt with and I probably funded, I'd say in the last three, four years, I funded five to anywhere from five to 20 in any given year. Yep. Um, most of them paid off early. So my returns, you know, obviously aren't as good as a, 10% return over five years if it's right paying off in a year. Right. But I mean, it's still, you know, a lot of times outproducing the market, especially, you know, the last 18 months or so the market's sure. been down. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of real estate guys, uh, I know we also invest in notes and, you know, prosper is kind of a backdoor way of doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, and the other thing that's interesting that I that, that kind of popped into my head when you were talking about vetting your uh, uh, the folks that are borrowing money from you, it's, you know, it's a similar process to to how, you know, guys like me and Nick evaluate tenants and prospective residents. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the fact is that I don't really care about a FICO score. I do. But, you know, there's so many people out there who have been dinged up because you know, they had to take their child to the uh, emergency room and, and they got whacked by the credit agencies that way. But, yeah. you know, they make the car payment every month. They make their, you know, they make their insurance payment every month. They were paying rent on time, but they have a 580 score because, you know, the local hospital uh, jacked them up. And so, and that's, a, there's a lot of that out there, right? Well, yeah. Nick and I talk about that all the time. Cause when people are like, well, I have all this medical debt, he goes, yeah, I don't care. Have you, do you care about medical debt? That's usually one of the biggest criteria I tell people. Like, yeah, as a landlord, we have to have set criteria. But what do you look at when you look for debts? Well, I mean, if you have college and you have medical, it doesn't bother me because right. I assume everybody has that. Right. Like, granted, I don't. <laughs> but like, I just assume that that's what's going to be out there. And right. the things I look for are the things that you listed, Ed, plus – I look for consumers energy for us, DTE, you know, yep. you see your, your um, utilities, utilities, right? Yeah. If you can't pay your, if you can't pay your, your housing bills, then I'm not renting you my house. Right. Right. And uh, you know, so I, I look for, I look for big things, right. I look for um, you know, a, a clear criminal credit, you know, a criminal background. Right. And I don't care about the fist fight you got into when you're 18 years old. I care yep. about the, you know, the liquor store you knocked off last month. Um, or last year. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, I mean, there's a lot that, um, you know, guys like us can be flexible on because, you know, the fact is, is that it's real, right. Life is real and, and stuff happens, especially when you're young. Um, it's a miracle that I graduated from college without any major felonies on my record. Uh, just <laughs> mainly because of all the dumb stuff I did, you know, I just did. <clears throat> um, but, uh, but, 
you know, I'm here to tell you, and thank God the iPhones didn't exist back in the uh, 90s when I was in college, because that would have been a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but the fact is, is that, you know, you, you know, these are like, I, Nick, I think you and I rent to very similar uh, types of folks. You know, they're good, hardworking people, right? They crank your rent, they crank a wrench for a living to fix your car. They pour your coffee in the morning at the, at the local diner. They check you out at, you know, Target or Walmart, and they probably have, you know, each of those individuals probably have two other jobs you don't even know about. Right. So, yep. um, you know, the, the fact is, is that our, you know, our, our focus here at Clark street is to, you know, we buy crappy apartment buildings from landlords who aren't really good at their jobs. And, you know, we make them, we make those buildings clean and safe, and then we upgrade them so that folks can be proud to live there. And we hopefully live, they live there for years. Um, that's the idea, right? Because yep. turnover is expensive. Yeah. And, and that's the hardest part of our game is turnover. You know, we're talking, I, you know, I have an average of eight years right now currently is my average turnover right now. And it's probably higher than that. Phenomenal. (laughs) But, um, you know, and, and we talk about in our podcast all the time, I don't get max rents, right. I'm you're going in and you're renovating everything. I'm more, I'm more focused on functionality. Right. Um, And if it needs to be fixed, right? I always fix everything. But sure. I'm if you have a uh can't even say it's a yellow toilet. What's the other word for yellow? Uh almond. Almond, right? Yeah. Let's say if you have an almond toilet and it still works, I'm not changing it out for a white one just because it's Never. time to have a white one. Like right. that's not how I function. When it breaks, yeah, okay, I'll update it. But really at the end of the day to me, it functions, it does its job. Yeah, as long as it doesn't leak water, it stays. Yep. Right. So um you know, I, I, I don't get the highest rent. I don't hit market. I, I'm just below it. Right. Cause I want to, I want to offer the best quality thing at a very fair price. Yeah, it's, a, it's a value exchange, right? Yep. Simple. Um, and, and, and in all candor, we don't get top rents either. Um, I don't want to, because the, the fact is, is that I'm, you know, one of the retention strategies is that they can't find another apartment as nice as the one I've that they're living in right now for the price I'm, that, that they're paying. So I'm fine at, you know, 90, yep. 95% of market, um, you know, on the high end, it's usually yep. 85 to 90, right? I'm, well, I'm, I'm great with that. That's perfect. Right. Like we have the same strategy in that sense. Cause I have, I have friends that are, we're in, we're in grabs, Michigan. Right. And so I have friends that are in the downtown area doing some of the bigger things. And they're like, man, you know, it's great. You know, I, I get, 2300 or 2500 a month for rent for my two bedroom and I'm just wow. like holy crap like that's awesome. but you know but they're you know they're they're going in and they're putting in you know beautiful tile that cost them seven bucks a square foot they're doing all this and they're like yeah but you know oh this person's moving out yeah but i'll fill it with this person i'm like that's the problem you're gonna have right i look at it when you're in the high-end market like that you're also dealing with the same person that leases a car mm-hmm. okay they want a new something every two years, right? Right, two to three years, and so hey, you know, oh, gray and white—that's no longer the thing, right? We right. all, you know, I still use gray and white in all my flips. But, Same. Oh, hey, I want you know the, the blue cabinets are now a thing, right? These these dark blues. Oh, I'm gonna go into that place because they're willing to just get up and go to the new better thing, and right. I don't want that turnover. I don't want to sit here and have to change colors. I don't want to do anything. Again, I'm gonna offer agreeable gray on my walls. I'm gonna offer bright white on my trim, and it's just gonna function. Yeah, so. we're Benjamin Moore paper white uh, yep. on every wall and uh, and uh, a bright white trim, uh, semi-gloss on everything else. Yep, same. And when you you can tell you, 
you tell you've been doing it a while when you know the colors of your paint, right? right. <laughs> plain, right. plain and simple. Right. That, and it was funny because for the longest time, I used the antique white yes. because I didn't have to think about a color. It just, they, they sold it in five gallon buckets. Yep. Everybody's like, well, why do you use this? And I was like, well, it's got a little brownish tint to it. And honestly, I picked up a five gallon bucket for seven bucks on clearance at Walmart. And that's why I have it. And yeah. it worked. And I just stuck with it because I don't have to think in my brain. I'm too stupid. <laughs> like plain and simple. I don't want to think. Absolutely. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the other part of it is, <clears throat> um, you know, not only do you not have to think, but your guys who are doing the painting and everything don't have yep. to think either, right? They know, you know, there's, they come into into our shop, there's 10 gallons of the exact same paint. They mix it up mm -hmm. and they go and they paint, they paint the place that uh, needs to be painted. That's it. Yep. No and, sorry to cut you off. No, that, when you think about that, right? Like I just, I didn't make a mistake, but I'm doing another flip right now and the house across the street was done with all my original stuff, right? Gray floor, you know, all the same colors. So I kept the walls the same, but I decided, Hey, I'm going to do oil rub bronze fixtures instead of my normal uh, brush nickel because my guys know, Hey, they go to, they go to Menards, Walmart, Home Depot, anything. They just look for brush nickel. They literally grab the exact same two pack yep. product. Yeah. They don't call me for these stupid questions. Right. Well, I changed things. So now it's me that has to sit here and spend so much time. And then I was like, crap, I got to do these door stops, as stupid as door stops to, right. um, you know, I, I, I had old window locks or whatever. Some, I put some new windows in. So then I go buy new white things. And I was like, man, I have to sit here and think about all this all over again, where my guys originally it's just, Hey, they know they just go buy it. That's what it is. You Correct. can't go wrong. Plain and simple. And when you don't get asked a million questions every day about, Hey, what do you want here? What do you want to do with this? What do you want to do with that? We do the exact same thing. We do the exact same thing. It's the exact same cabinets. It's the exact same vanity if it fits. If it doesn't fit, it's the exact same pedestal sink. Yep. Um, the, the exact same uh, luxury vinyl flooring, the exact same paint, the exact same fixtures. Um, at some point, I'm going to get smart and start buying in bulk. I don't. I actually don't buy in bulk. I probably should. Oh, you definitely should. So I bought 500 boxes. So my LVP, um, we bought 500 boxes of it because it was actually clearanced out. I used it for so many projects. And then all of a sudden it went to like 72 cents a square. Ooh. And so I bought it all from every single Lowe's that was out there and got it all shipped to my mom's garage. And, you know, so here I am and I went through a bunch of flips using it. And I finally am on my lot. And now I'm like, crap, I have to go rethink about what LVP I want. And like, how can I find this? So that's my response. Yeah. Every two years now I, I have to go figure out what color I want, but right. really I try to use the same one on a constant basis. I love the yeah. stupid shit we get excited about. Yeah. So like your locks that you got the other day. <laughs> so yeah, you got so excited. So I know in my house I've upgraded to the keypads for locks. Yeah. Same. Uh, Nick went to home Depot. Yeah. And found a whole bunch of like hundred dollar locks for 20 bucks. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they were 80% off, so I got yeah. it for like 20, 22 bucks or something like that. And literally bought all of them. <laughs> Just me with a cart full of locks. And uh, and was so excited about it. Yeah. Because we get excited about stupid stuff. Yeah. You can save like it's that. a little it's awesome. Yeah. Because you, um, you didn't spend 20. You saved 80 yeah. 50 times. Yep. Well, right. we do. We talk about that all the time because our wives are literally the same person and we're kind of the same person. And our wives will go shopping at the grocery store and they'll come home and they'll go, look, I saved $200. And we're like, yeah, but you spent 150. Right. I could have saved you $150. You just didn't buy any of that shit. <laughs> just didn't go at all. Still, 
Yeah. And then he turns around <laughs> and does the same damn thing. And he's like, look at what I saved. Yeah. It's my first time being able to do that. Yeah. But there's a difference when it's my business versus myself, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to, so I spent uh, like 24, almost 25 years in corporate America and I was uh, selling software and consulting services around procurement and sourcing. So I'm totally wired to, you know, if I can get that thing for five cents less, that's a huge win, right? I, it's just the way I'm wired. So yeah. I hear you. Yeah, we're kind of wired that way. I have to tell this story. Please. Nick had a dentist bill. It was $80. <laughs> and Nick and I are notorious for negotiating these things. So he literally called them and they're like, well, no, we're not going to give you a discount. Pay it or, you know, just, just pay it. And he goes, all right, I'll send you a dollar a month until it's paid. And she goes, what? He goes, I'm going to send you a dollar a month until it's paid. If you won't give me a discount. And she goes, uh, what are we talking about here? He goes, I don't know. I want a discount. Make it less than $80. I'll pay the full thing right now. Otherwise you're getting a dollar a month for 80 months. She came back on the phone a couple minutes yeah. later and she goes, will you pay 75? He goes, sure. Yeah. It's just, and you, know, you can see the expression through the phone. Just like, are you, is that cheap? Yes, I yeah. am. Right. Yeah. Everything is negotiable guys. Yeah. And it is. You clearly understand that. So, so how do you guys, you know, when you're, when you're talking about the, you know, the different things you're investing in, um, you know, obviously one, you know, uh, Nick, you had said um, prior to us hitting record, my bad, uh, that, uh, you know, one of the cool things about real estate is leverage, right? Being able to control a $100,000 asset for 3,500 bucks, right? Yeah. You can't do that with stock, right? But it's, it's far more liquid, right? So if I need... If I need my 3,500 bucks back, I can go sell those shares and, and go get them, right? And sure. go get that money. So, you know, how do you guys reconcile the two differences in terms of your, um, you know, your investing approaches? Um, I would say when it comes to stocks, we are absolute opposites. And I would say my stock strategy is way more like his real estate strategy. I, I'm a buy and hold person. Okay. I do my research. I decide what I think that's going to be worth. Worth if it, I mean, if it gets looking too bad, I'll dump it if I have to. Sure. But for the most part, I'm going to hold on to it for years. That's how he is with his real estate. Yeah, time. His stocks, on the other hand, he'll he's day traded before he he will hold it for five minutes and then get rid of it and then buy it again three minutes later. How's that work? Exactly like David said. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it, how does it work well? Um, it did for me. Yes. But I write the advice that you hear from. Everybody. And so financially it worked for me. Okay. Um, and again, this was just, I didn't intend to day trade. So when I first started out, um, I don't know, I, I had like 4,000 bucks or something. I was like, I'm just going to try doing some trading. Well, you know, I, I have really high anxiety, which is surprising, <laughs> but, um, so I'm sitting here watching this thing and I was like, Oh, all right. I made, I don't even know, like 200 bucks. So sell. Um, cause I'm comfortable. I'm happy. Cause I see it, I see it start going lower. And right. once you make 200, it doesn't, it's, you don't make money until you sell. Right. That's right. even in real estate, you don't really make money until you sell. True statement. Um, well, everybody says, Hey, you make all your money when you buy, but, um, really the, the money's not actually there. So, uh, I would just sell. And then in order to day trade, you have to do three or more buy sell transactions in a 24 hour period. And, um, so I, you know, what I would do is, all right, I buy it, I sell it. 
that time. And then if I got risky, I would buy it again and let it kind of go overnight if I felt comfortable because, you know, it was closed. And I was too stupid. I, this is how dumb I I just got lucky, okay? But I didn't realize that the market kept trading at night. I just oh, thought, yeah. like, once once <laughs> fall, yeah, they once had it hit, it was done. <laughs> yeah. So I wake up, and I'm like, all right, we're going to start right at new, you know? Um, and then finally, you know, I, I was like, man, I, I'm doing well. So I was like, well, you have to have 25,000 bucks in there. Wow. So I'm talking to my wife and I was like, Hey, in order to be a day trader, I have to 20, 25,000 bucks sitting there. I don't have to actually use it. Can I, can I put 25,000 bucks there? And then just, just spend my four grand. She's like, fine. Well, you know, conversation next is like, Hey, I'm spending eight grand. I'm at, at 13,000 of my money in there. And, uh, you know, I just kind of kept going, but so back then I was working from 3am to 1pm every day. And so I was day trading from nine o'clock till one on the company's dime, which I don't work for them anymore. I don't care. And then I used to go home and take a quick little nap and, and then be up for the, you know, night I'd, I'd sleep for about two hours there or one hour there and then four hours at night type thing. Yeah. Well, what I found was I'd go out to dinner with my wife and it wouldn't be eye contact. It'd be, Oh crap. What's my stock doing? Right. Like I'm sitting here just constantly. And so, did it work? Yes. Financially, I did well. Did I have a life? Not at all. Did I, like, my anxiety wasn't worth it. My, like, just like, oh man, like, when you're spending 25K or even 10K, like, your heart's just pumping. Because it's literally like black or red at this point, right? <laughs> like, right. you know, I do have index funds and stuff that I really, the only time I look at them is right now, we just mentioned it. So I'll hop on and be like, oh, hey, it's going okay. But I have other stuff. But really, um, you know, I, I look at it and go, all right. I'm, and then I started learning on the company's time while I was there, just like researching. You can join chat rooms and you find people that you think they know what they're talking about and does well. Um, you know, I hit one, hit one. I was following these guys and, you know, it jumped. I got in at like $22. Next thing I know, it jumps to 40, 80, a hundred and something dollars. Closes. I was like, holy shit. I just made so much money very, very quickly. Well, that next morning they make an announcement that a company a company bought fifty percent. I don't even know if they bought the whole company. Or what happened? But basically, they valued it at twenty five dollar oh. stock price. And I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, Raiders. and so I didn't realize that you could actually sell at night, right? Um, it's just a different call thing. You, you set it, and you have to just get somebody to buy it at that price, like specific set. When it's open they tell you what somebody's willing to buy it at. It's completely right. different. Um, so, right, it opens and it's literally just plummeting and my heart's just dropping because I just, I mean, I was up a couple hundred thousand bucks. I'm not going to lie about it. But by the time I got to sell, I only ended up like up, I don't know, $1,600, right? And here I was up 160,000. Like oh. I had, I, I had, I literally, I had enough money to walk out of my job that second versus... Oh crap, I just made a bonus, right? And I was like, holy shit. And uh I took screenshots of everything, like showed and I was like told my wife, I was like, I don't know what I did wrong. So I was using TD Ameritrade, mm -hmm. which gives you the first X amount of months or 500 free trades and this and that for the beginning. And uh I called, he's like, How do you like it? And I was like, honestly, I was up this and this is what happened. He goes, Oh, dude, you could have just done this, said it and said, Hey. It's at 107. If you were okay with selling it for 100, you could have said it here. Somebody would have bought it overnight or something like that. And I was like, shut up. And he goes, yeah. 
now you know for next time and i was like ah oh, i don't know if next, time, next time right. <laughs> right right next time you're up a hundred and something thousand dollars but just my i mean i tell you my heart was beating on my chest so it's a, it's a rush to me i and i i like to have educated rushes right, right. real estate's fun flipping still takes time right yeah. I mean, I, I, but this i mean it happens in seconds literally yeah. every second the stock is going up down up down and you figure out and you do research and it's funny because you research companies like fully into them hey what's going on in their life what's happening here what's doing this like um medical right hey when covid was a thing anybody that owned johnson johnson right when they got the first thing boom that shot up because everybody thought this could be huge sure so you know if if a company let's say nike goes and gets sued and does all this well of course they're gonna they're gonna go down and that's where you want to buy is the lowest point right well you're hoping that they if they win their lawsuit they go up if they if they lose it then they stay down might go lower but eventually nike's a big company it'll come back up so this you kind of you kind of focus on you every update and because we're so naive in this world that we think the world revolves around what we focus on there's somebody that focuses on every business and everything and there's a news article that will come out for every business right yep i was in the trucking industry and so i mean somebody's job is literally to be like hey uh town air freighter you know or fedex fedex got sued by this okay well fedex is a great company like I'm going to buy it at the low and then try to go high type mm-hmm. of thing. So that's just literally what I spent my day doing. Yeah. I did it for about four months, made good money, yeah. but couldn't do it anymore. Cause my, my anxiety was too high. Yeah. Well that's, and that's a real thing. I'm, I suffer from anxiety myself. So it's one of the reasons why I'm a long-term investor. Cause I just, I, I like the, uh, I, yep. you know, the, the thing I love about real estate is that it's, it's tangible, right? You can go put your hand on it. You can paint it, you can sweep it, you can fix it, and you can make it more valuable, you know, and for that dollar that I'm investing in that crappy apartment building, um, you know, I'm, I'm hopefully getting $4 of overall value that I'll grow to five, six, seven, eight $8 over the course of time for the same amount of debt payment I, I make, you know, today, you know, we were talking before we started to hit record about, you know, adjustable rate uh, mortgages and, um, you know, I've done them strategically, but man, they scare the hell out of me. I'd rather put it in a 30 year note and just let it ride. And, you know, if I refi, I refi, so be it. But it's, uh, you know, I, I like the certainty of it. And I, you know, when I'm putting that dollar down on a, on a property, <clears throat> as opposed to putting that dollar in GE stock and hoping Larry Culp knows what he's doing, um, CEO there. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, a, I don't get leverage from, from stocks. Uh, but B, I, I also, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm betting on someone else's capabilities yep. in stock. Where I'm, whereas with me, I'm, I'm betting on my own capabilities on, on the, on the real estate side. Fully agree. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, Dave, how do you manage risk? You know, when you look at at stocks, I mean, obviously you're doing your research as well, but I'm, I'm just curious how you approach it. Um, I try to diversify myself a whole lot, okay. which is why I have a lot of different tools I use to invest in mm-hmm. that way. You know, if, if Nike takes a shit, I have eight other stocks that'll, you know, prop that up. Right. And like Nick said, I, I am a huge fan of buying low. I took, so pandemic hit and my daughter had about $30,000 just sitting in a savings account, earning almost nothing. I said, I'm taking 10 grand. She goes, okay. 
I said, do you even want to know? And she goes, no, I trust you. And I dumped it into, I want to say about 25 different high dividend paying stocks. Um, Johnson and Johnson was one of them. CVS was another one of them. Several medical companies. Um, I bought a bunch of Exxon Mobil for her. Mm -hmm. At the time, Exxon Mobil was probably around $40 a share. And I would assume it's around 80 right now. Yeah. So, I mean, she's probably made $12,000. And some of them didn't hit. I mean, some of sure. them have been, you know, poor investments. <laughs> 103. Okay, 103. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I try to do is is put the money in a whole bunch of different places. That way, if something uh-huh. isn't going well, I have something else to prop it up later. Right. You know, we're big fans of Betterment. We both have um, investment accounts with Betterment. We both have Roth IRAs with Betterment. Um, I invest in Fundrise, which does REITs, yep. because I, I love real estate, but I don't want to deal with anything. I don't fix things. I don't want to have anybody call me. I just want something to make money. Right. It's mailbox money. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I mean, so that's, and that's the world I live in, right? Is, you know, from a syndication perspective, um, you know, someone, an investor, Dave comes along and says, Hey, I got 10 grand or 25 grand or 50 grand or whatever. And we have a project cooking. And then, um, you know, once that, once that property turns cash flow positive, which usually happens fairly quickly, you know, on a quarterly basis, Dave's getting a check from us. Um, and then at the end of, you know, somewhere in that three to five year range, we're either selling the property and, and Dave gets another big check for, from an equity perspective, and he gets his money back. Um, or uh, or we refi out and same thing happens, right? Dave gets a big check and and gets his money back, and you know we continue to manage the property as an asset of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on the deal, right? It doesn't happen like that all the time, but but uh, you know typically the cleanest way is just to sell the building and and you know part friends and that was great. Let's go do it again, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean the mailbox money thing is is huge, and you know even me as an active investor. I'm, I'm not pushing a paintbrush. I'm not swinging a hammer. Um, you, you know, I hire guys who are really much better at it than I am. Right. I mean, yeah. Could I, could I, could I install trim? Could I, you know, put it, install cabinets or, you know, a vanity? Sure. I've done it. Right. I've, I've flipped, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of homes. Um, but the, uh, but the fact is that I'd rather hire somebody for, you know, a, a fairly reasonable number to, to who's going to do it better and faster, which means cheaper. Uh, yep. I'm going to do it. Well, let's say there's the rule of three, right? So you, you right. get you get good quality, you get a fast price or a fast job done, or you get a cheap price, right? So right. you get to pick, pick two. two or three, right? And uh, so out of those two, right? So if you want if you want it done quick and cheap, the quality is not going to be great, right? But if you want a great quality and you want it done quick, it's going to cost you a lot of money, right? right. Um, you know, to add on to that, like. It's been a bit. It's been quite a while since I've done anything. Um, you used to quite a bit. Though. I did everything, plain and simple. Um, and then, so I retired for a little bit um, three years ago. Yep. Gosh, right when COVID, so when I got fired, right, retired, went back to a. I worked for a property management company because I wanted to know what it's like to manage 450 units. So I went and did that. Um, there's more to that, but anyway, um, and then. October came and I re-retired and I told myself, I was like, all right, what did I do right last time? What did I do wrong? And what I found out is 
have guys willing to work for me. They show up, they're doing good things. They're flipping my houses for me. They're do- and yeah, I can go do stuff and I'm there. Like I always check on my projects, right? I'm constantly there. Cause I, right. I believe yeah. if you're, if, if you're hands off, you'll never get things done. Right. Um, that being wow. said though, is I realized that my, I've never had my contract. Well, I've had one contractor bring me a deal, but I'm really good at acquisitions. Yeah. And I love doing it. So go out and find the places, go out and be the guy who's getting these guys to work. And while it works, run with it as long as you can, as fast as I can. Right. So that's what I, I decided to do as much as I, and you know, I did, I tore up some steps like a month ago or two months, however long ago on this, this project. Um, just because I was like, man, I, I, I haven't, I don't feel like I've gotten anything done. Right. I didn't buy a place or whatever. Yep. So sometimes you have to get a win and a win can come as small as, Hey, I painted this wall. It's official. Like something's done. Right. I changed this light fixture. I changed an outlet. I went and tried to change an outlet on this place and the wall was warped and this and that. And I, I was busy answering phone calls and I was like, F it, my contractor can deal with it. And so that bugged me even more. Cause I feel like I didn't accomplish shit. And so finally I like, tore off the stuff and I was like, great done something you know like phys- physically done something right um well it feeds the 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 caveman in me too right you know it's like yeah i changed that switch all right yeah. i can go back to my desk now <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i i do want to hit this yeah tell ed your first lease ever oh all right so this is ed, one of my favorite stories before we talked on air ed you had said one of the biggest reasons you do this is to give back it's Plain and simple, one of the big reasons Dave and I do this, right? So when I first started real estate here, I am a young 21-year-old dumbass kid. Um, I owned a five-bedroom, two-bathroom house in a very nice side part of town, but it was a foreclosure, so the house wasn't great at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I have a small mortgage, whatever. I Somebody on Facebook had posted, hey, I'm looking for at least a four-bedrooms, and I'll just plain and simple numbers. Uh, my mortgage was like 600, right? Somebody goes, Hey, I'm looking for a four bedroom willing to pay 900 bucks. And I knew that at 60,000 bucks at the time, uh, that's a $600 payment. So I, this is back in 2010. I go find a duplex for 60 K. So I reach out to the person. I was like, Hey, we're actually going to buy this duplex. If you're serious about renting this house, that'll make me 300 bucks. And so She's like, yeah, let's do it. So literally grab a line piece of, grab a notebook, right? I grabbed a line piece of paper and on my kitchen table, I wrote, I, Nick, will rent this house out, the address, uh, for $900 a month. And we both signed it like a bill of sale, like everything, right? Um, So I I go, you know, and stupid me. So I go get my, my duplex. And I go to closing and they hand me um, the lease that's in place for the guy downstairs. I had to kick the guy upstairs out. Um, and and it's like five pages. Or whatever. So I, got, I didn't even look at it, right? I was like, whatever, cool. I got a lease. I don't fucking know what this means. <laughs> Six months into, into my investing career, my wife's grandfather goes, hey, I have a friend that owns some real estate. Would you want to go meet him for breakfast? I'll buy. And he, her grandfather, sane of a guy. He's like, well, you know, maybe he can teach you something. Maybe you can teach him something. And I'm like, yeah, me teach. Like, I was like, dude, if you've done this for longer than two days, you, you've done more than me. Right. So we meet and he goes, all right, let me see your lease. And I hand him this piece of paper and he laughs at my, and this is like a 70 year old man, right? 80 year old guy. And he's like, 
he's and he hands me a six-page document that's a lease right <clears throat> and he's like here this is a lease that these are called addendums you're gonna need these and i was like hmm. he goes let me know when that one blows up in your face so three months later the tenant goes hey i i can't afford to live here it's the winter the house the house is too big to heat and all this and that I didn't run background. I didn't run credit. I didn't ask them for proof of income. I didn't do shit, right? I just took a person's word on Facebook. They could afford to pay this amount of money. What could possibly go wrong? Because I didn't, like, dude, because at 21 years and me being Why me, would you know? If I, if I told you I'll pay you this amount of money, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I pay my debt because right. that's who I am as a person. And that's who I assume everybody is in this world, right? Like, yeah, not so much. I said, this is my word. This is what I'm going to do. Um, so it blew up. And so my wife and I, as we moved into the duplex to get the three and a half percent down. So we moved, I was like, Hey, do you want to live here? And now I know a little bit more what I do and we can, we can cash flow over here or we can just rent this thing out. And she's like, ah, I'd rather go back to our big house. Cause we moved into two bedrooms, one bathroom versus five right. bedrooms. Yeah. We had, you know, we'd have kids or anything at the time, but so we moved back to our big house and, uh, you know, my, my mentor come to find out he owned about 680 places by himself at one point. That was his high. So he was a player. Yeah. Um, he knew what he was doing. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I've bought a few buildings from him since, but he, he's fully retired now. I doesn't own a single thing anymore. And, but back then he's like, Hey, if you have any questions or whatever, or when he told me, Hey, when this blows up in your face, give me a call. Huh. So I was going to rent my place. And so I'd call him. He wouldn't answer get a call a day later or something like that, you know? And now I mean, I'll probably do it after this because we're talking. I haven't called him in like a week. But now it's like if he calls or I call, we're both just answer the phone. Nick, well, how's it going? Great, man. Like, and so I wouldn't be successful without other people in this game, right? I didn't I know. know when I bought my first house, which I live in a now it's worth 300 k right? It's nothing to brag huge, but I I paid eighty six thousand five hundred dollars for it, right? Mm-hmm. It was a foreclosure. Granted, back then it was worth let's call it two. 30 i don't care but i didn't have that kind of money and i had to i had to close in two weeks so i posted on facebook hey i got a deal i can make you know each of us 50 grand i'd love to buy the house if anybody knows how to help me person on facebook is like hey i know a hard money lender you might want to give him a call this will help out and I was, so i call my call my mortgage guy and was like hey this he goes yeah i've heard of that great we can start your because you're going to move into it we can start your refi right away after paying a hard money lender now finding out what they do <laughs> I'm um, doing all this. Uh, you know, I ended up paying 101 for my house. And, you know, so I had $14,000 in fees, but I got into it with zero down. Right. And simple. Like, but yeah. it's just literally just asking people this quite like asking <clears throat> if when I have a problem, I try to give everybody advice, everything answered. Yeah. But I also get it back from times I don't, hey, I have this deal. I just don't know how the heck to do it. I, that's how I learned about wholesaling the first time. Right. I, I had a friend of mine who was so adamant about be, me buying his house. I didn't know the numbers in his area. It's not an area I'm comfortable with. I don't want to be in Grand Rapids, but he's like, no, just throw me an offer. So I, I did some kind of quick and I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'll make this. So I called the hard money people again. This is years later, whatever. And I was like, it's a like, crap. Hey, I got to do this house. He's like, you don't want to do it. And I was like, no, he goes, I got a guy that wants to borrow some money. Why don't, why don't I have him look at it? go in and I made 35,000 bucks on my first wholesale deal. Right. Cause wow. he, and so, and, and my buddy was happy cause I was like, Hey, and I offered it to him. I was like, Hey, I got another guy that wants to do it. You'll make 35 more. He goes, Nope. Handshakes, a handshake agreements, agreement. You pay me what I want. 
you still buy the steaks and the beer? And I was like, yes, like you just yeah. made me 35, how thick, so, 35 grand. How thick would you like it? Right. Say, you want to go to Ruth's Chris real problem right. was, is we closed at like noon and Ruth's Chris wasn't open at the time. So right. I got, we have a small steakhouse around here called brands. Um, like the highest steak is maybe 20 bucks. Right. <laughs> so, uh, beer, beers are two bucks, right. That, that's where we ended up going. So it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's like cubes, cubes for uh, their sirloins. But so, because I just, I, I ask everything. I'm not afraid to admit that I don't know a dang thing. When I tell you I'm stupid, right. I really mean it, but I'm smart enough to be willing to learn. Absolutely. That's the it biggest key with me. And I tell everybody, I'm like, I'm a cheap date. Uh, and you know, you, you, if you meet me for coffee, I'll even buy the coffee, right? <laughs> um, yep. I'll, I'll spend 20, 20, 30 minutes with you. I'll tell you everything you want. To, I'll tell you everything I know about, you know, flipping, wholesaling, deal flow, capital raise, multifamily, syndication, pick a topic and yep. happy to do it. You know, it's funny. I used to, so I used to run um, the local RIA here and I made that offer in front of like 200 people one night and I had seven people take me up on it so, over the course of the next month. That's really so, good. Seven, but I say you know, seven's a lot more than I thought. I, I really held up two because I really thought two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, it's shocking that I wasn't, you know, super busy that whole month, right? Right. That's like, that's what blows my mind. I mean, I have people that hit me up on a constant. Um, you know, and here, here's what just happened to me. This is, I'm, we're getting into a long-winded story. It's all good. Um, so we're in a RIA group. Somehow this guy finds us, right? And he, he has a house for sale in Grand Rapids. And he's like, hey, I got a house. And we go through, there's probably 80 of us there. And I know that most everybody just talks out their ass. They don't actually do things. So microphone comes to me. He had just got on telling everybody, hey, um, I have a house for sale in Grand Rapids. I want 70,000 bucks. Now the, the minimum, the, the median price in Grand Rapids currently is like 180, 170. Wow. I don't know. Um, and I'm like, well, how bad can this place be? It's currently rented. So people <laughs> like it's livable. And so, you know, I get the microphone. I was like, nobody talked to him. I'm going to end up buying this thing, you know, pulling this whole big dog string. So a few of us go up to him. There's me, another real player. So I go, I'm the first one to go meet the guy at the house. I give him a small offer. Um, my buddy goes apparently a week later, puts an offer in and it's the same offer as mine. He called me and he goes, Hey, what'd you offer? And I was like, eh, I offered, you know, 65. He goes, me too. He goes, I might go up to 70. I was like, yeah, whatever he comes back with to tell me, I'll probably give it to him. Right. I'm going to make money on this dang thing. It's, it's a good deal. Right. And, uh, he just wouldn't sell, wouldn't sell. And I've always been a person to fix problems. So, but he kept going up to this girl that was there, right? And she's a friend of mine, a wholesaler, but actually she's flipping now. She's gotten big in her business. She's doing well. And she, he just kept going up to her, kept going up to her two months in a row. Brooke, when are you going to come? She's like, Nick wants it. Nick's already up. And so finally I look at her and I was like, Hey, I'll give you a thousand bucks just to be the woman because he doesn't want to deal with guys. Apparently just go be the woman, go put it under contract for me for 60 and I'll give you a thousand bucks. And she goes, okay. Literally meets him, puts it under contract for 60. I pay her the thousand. I just closed last week. <laughs> so, right. I, I saved four grand by fixing what he, you know, he, whether he doesn't like guys, cause we're, we're dudes. Like he just only wanted to work. With, I don't care. Right. Yeah, all matter. that matters in the end of the day is I get the deal. Right. right. How, however, has to, I gave him exactly what he wanted. He stood up and said, Hey, I want 60, 70 K for this. Look, 60 is where I think it's good. Yep. Bam. And I gave him, it's not like I ripped him off. I didn't do anything. I just literally had to get the right person to get him to say yes. Right. So, right on. 
That's awesome. And it's amazing. And, you know, problem solving is, is such a big part of what we all do. Right. Yeah. Is, you know, you solve the problem. You know, I'm always looking for stressed out property owners Yeah. because, you know, there's, you, you got to think about it like a, you know, a golf bag, right? I mean, there, how many, how many solutions do you have in your, in your bag to be able to, to whip out and say, Hey, you know, yes, I can buy you out of, uh, you know, your tax problem. Yes. I can give you 20 grand down so that you can, you know, do whatever you need to do with that money and take care of it. And yes, I'll, I'll pay you, you know, I'll pay off your mortgage over the course of time. You know, if you're paying 500 bucks a month, I'll pay you 750 a month and we'll just, you know, I'll flip it. And when we sell it, then, you know, you get to pay everything off. I mean, there's any number of ways to creatively solve a problem. Yeah. Help somebody out. I say, but the, the point of that real quick, sorry, was the fact there's 80 people in this room for this guy presented to it. Yeah, and two, right? Two of us were actually serious enough to actually go do it. And right. it's amazing. You know, this guy thought he had everything because he's like, oh, everybody's like, everybody's talking about it. And I was like, that's the problem. Everybody talks, right? Right. And I show action. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You, you see all these, like, uh, there's a, there's a um, metric in uh, coaching and training and all that that's, it's mind boggling. And that is that if you get 100 people to buy a coaching program, 95 of them will never open the videos. Never. That's crazy. You know, you're spending however much, you know, 40, 50, 200, a couple thousand, several thousand dollars. Yeah. They never open it. That was, we, we have a huge, our rental property owners oh, association event here in February every year. Yep. And we have these people that come through and they sell their, their product and stuff like that. Yep. Well, for some reason, it's kind of changed this year where everybody's like, oh, money back guarantee, money back guarantee, you know, and oh, I'll give you a hundred. So these people, they were there and they called out, I'll call her name out. Her name's Robin Thompson, right? Oh, I know Robin. Yeah. I had, yeah. So she's where I got the idea. Oh, rehab. She, so she doesn't do rehabs anymore. No, it's just short-term rentals. Short-term now. rentals. Yeah. But so she's where I got the idea to make my whole list of exactly what product number I use. So I was like, right. she gives great advice. Me too. But. In front of everybody, right? These people walk up and they go, "Hey, we haven't made a dime off of your program." And she go, "And we'd like our refund." And she goes, "Well, did you come to my house in Florida and actually go through the course?" And they're like, "No." And she goes, "Well, you have to do that. And if you could look me in the eyes after that and say you didn't get any knowledge out of it, then I'll give you your money back." And I was like, "You didn't state that. You literally just stated hundred percent guarantee. Right. If we don't make any money, right? Like." I don't, but now knowing 95% won't actually, so they probably didn't even open it. They didn't do anything with it. Probably not. But yeah. They get caught up in the emotion. They buy the, they buy the product and then they, you know, the next morning they wake up, they have their cup of coffee and they're like, yeah, the thrill's gone. I I don't even want this. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you mean? I got to spend 30 hours listening to videos to to become a millionaire Um, because it's hard work. Right. So one of our big wins before Bucks and Brews started, we, Nick wanted to do real estate episodes. So we're like, hey, we'll go through how to buy a house. And friends of mine, TJ and Danny, wanted to learn how to buy a house. <laughs> so they hopped on the Zoom. And Nick goes, hey, grab your uh, pens and paper. I'm going to give you a whole lot of knowledge right now. You're going to buy a house. And, I mean, he would message me and go, this will never happen. They're not going to do anything I tell them to do. But I'm going to give them such great knowledge. So, TJ's like, well, I mean, we just re-signed our lease last month. So, I mean, we're stuck here for 11 months. And Nick goes, no, nah, I get you out of that. Well, what do you mean? He goes, no, nah, we'll just write it into the deal that the seller has to pay your 
exit fee for whatever rental you're in. And he's like, you can do that. He goes, you know, anything you want. They don't have to agree to it. <laughs> so literally these people took everything we said in that episode is probably two hours long. Yeah. And in six weeks bought a house awesome. and got out of their lease. Awesome. And he was so happy because it still he, brings goosebumps. To he told me, he told me that night, even after we got off the episode, he's like, they're never going to do anything. Cause I tell people things and they just don't do shit. And the, right. we were getting text messages the next morning with houses. What do you think of this house? What do you think of that house? And Nick and I are like, Holy shit. They're actually doing things. Wow. Yeah. And, and it literally was right. Cause everything on the podcast, it was like, yeah, but I have this. Yeah, but I have that. And yeah, but this. And I was like, no, yeah, but right. Like you want it. I have two really big philosophies. I live in my life, right? Like if you want it bad enough, you're going to do what it takes to get there. Damn right. And also if you don't like something, do something about it. Right? right. Plain and simple. If you don't like what you have in life, do something about it. And so I live there's, you know, if you're bitching about your job and how much it sucks, right? You, if you don't like it, go do something about it because nobody else is going to put those resumes out there. Nobody else is going to do anything. Right. Um, and so I'm, and really like looking back at that episode and even thinking about it, like the tips uh, that I gave so much were just huge to me. Like uh, worth thousands, millions of dollars in yeah. some of this stuff. Cause they're like, oh, they live in, so again, they're outside of Grand Rapids. So they actually live in a, a rural development area so they can mm -hmm. get an RD loan. And things weren't selling as much. And I was like, yeah, go, you're going to get cheaper down payment. Cause they're like, oh, we don't have this much to put down. And I was like, you're an RD loan. Like this is go, you know, this is the areas you're looking in go and everything like they, it's like they re-listened to it and took step by step and like did this, that, that bam. And it just all added. And I was like, they're like, yeah, but we're not going to have the money to fix it up. And I was like, get a carpet allowance. Like, I don't care. Like if it's listed at 60, go pay them 70, ask them for 10 K back. Okay. Right. Like, they're like, you can do that. And I was like, hell yes, you can. <laughs> and then some, right. Like you're going to get everything you want and not have to pay for it except for over a 30 year loan. All you're doing is asking for 30 year financing on it versus yeah. doing it today. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing what you can get when you ask for it. Yep. And, and, and do. I, I one of my favorite episodes. I, I know Here's it is because they did everything you said to do. Yeah, and they went and bought a house, and they're happier than shit about and it. They are. They're so happy they have their house. Yep. That's wonderful. That's one of those uh, warm your soul kind of yeah. Stories, right. It's it's what made us definitely keep going with this, like because yeah. we knew it was working. Yeah. So, so I mean, let's let's talk about keep going, right? Um. So yeah. you have bucks and brews, right? Mm -hmm. And now I know that you're expanding this to to, to for kids, and there's an international. Yeah. coming out so why don't you tell us all about that stuff so we have for the kids we have pops and pennies which um we push that more on youtube but we also do put it out as a podcast um we try to keep those to 10 minutes in length because we're trying to keep you know the attention span of of younger people world, right yeah, yeah. and uh we we have several dedicated listeners to that they'll watch with their parents and they'll send us questions or have their parents send us questions and ideas for shows like one of my coworkers, her son watches, and he wanted to know how stores buy um, merchandise without having to hand money over for all of that merchandise. So yeah. we took that on and did that episode. Um, Investing, we, we teach a three jar system. Yep. My seven-year-old absolutely hates. She thinks that having to save 50% of her money is, and I quote, this is so stupid. I do it because you want me to. You're welcome. Right. Exactly. That's my response every time. I'm like, yep, you're welcome. And she's like, no i'm not welcome this is dumb i want 
want this stupid toy that I'll never play with. And I'm like, yeah, like you, you'll thank me later. You'll yeah. hate me right now. And I'm fine with that. But years from now, you're going to go, dad, you might actually be kind of smart. Yeah. Right? That, I mean, when you're living in a condo, when you're 21 and you're living in a condo and all your friends are renting or yep. sleeping on your couch, uh, you know, you're going to, they'll turn back and go, oh, thank God I did that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but so yeah, we, we, we teach the three jar system. We're working on creating our own to be able to sell or give yeah. out type of a thing. Um, you know, we just, we got to, we, we're doing so much. I mean, <laughs> on a constant, we, we do a lot of things, especially merch wise. Cause I mean, we love our logo. So we yep. want to plaster that everywhere. It's right. Like my, it's awesome. My, my daughter goes to school with the uh, pops and pennies yeah. uh, cup. And then uh, we internationally traveled on a cruise and all yep. that, which of course I didn't bring my bucks and breeze shirt. Cause that's who I am as a person or any of your merch, <laughs> anything in life. Uh, but we, we created uh pesos and cervezas. Yes. Um, so every time we go out of the country, we bring the podcasting stuff to record a fun episode with people that we meet, do anything like that. And, uh, and then in a year or two, they, yeah. they... I'm, I'm taking a trip to, uh, the UK with my best friend and he actually joins us quite a bit on the show to either talk or listen. Um, and we're going to do pounds and porters. Yeah. So fantastic. Um, you know, one of the big things with dividend stock, it was funny cause Dave started in investing in dividend stocks and that's one thing that hit mike yeah. our, our buddy benson and um he's like all of a sudden you see it kind of click and he's like yeah and so he goes and he goes door dashes yeah he was doing DoorDash to make extra money to invest in dividends now. just to just wow. he goes specifically for dividend stock yeah. and we're like man even the people that are closest to us like even when david because david and i invest so different which is hilarious because yeah. it's funny because like his long-term investments are way over here and mine are real estate tangible asset like sure. yeah but we both have i mean a core right we both have four roth iras or um 401ks or whatever the heck it could be um and then just mixes in between but like we are really opposites um david he's about pennies right just very much about, and if I, I see am, a penny i'm picking it up next kicking it down the road yeah usually like i still throw my beer cans away right like and david gives me so much crap because even here i'll just go throw them in the trash it's like, a nickel it's a, it's a it's dime, a dime here. So, yeah, yeah, it's in Michigan. It's a nickel yeah. here in Connecticut. But right, so I just to me, it's it's the idea is just not worth it. It's not. I'm not at that point in my life, and um, I just look for the big. You know, my focus is on the big deal on the on the big game. So, um, you know, but yeah, we're we're really excited about expanding our stuff, getting into you know more logos because we just do. We love our logos. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah. So congratulations on, on all your success. If um, folks want to hear about you uh, and get to know you guys, what's the best way to do that? So you can find us on uh, bucksandbrews.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter. Um, Stitcher, Apple. Yeah, we're on all the podcasting Amazon. services. The biggest deal, if you're looking at us up, is Bucks and Brews. The S's are with dollar signs. Yep. Nick says that to everybody because sometimes you can't find us if you don't have those dollar signs. Yep. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you if you want to reach out to us personally, uh, go on to Bucks or go on to Facebook. Really, yep. you'll message and say, "Hey, I want to pick Nick or David's brain, depending on where you want your investment stuffs to be." And then we'll probably end up private messaging you from our own personal stuff because we're not huge yet and we don't pay people to do all of our stuff. We're still yeah. doing the dirty work. Well, you know, and we do, we do guest centric episodes quite a bit. We've had 
people come on to talk about their debt and we give them ideas on how to get out of it. And then we'll do an update with them to see how their debt journey is going. Mm -hmm. um, we've had young people on and we give them an idea of, you know, this is what you want to do for, you know, your the next three, four, five years of, yep. of work and investments. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we, it can be a big thing. It can be a small thing. We'll take on anything because we like helping people. Yeah. Well, and, and in a lot of cases, it's a lot of little things, right? Yeah. That add up. Compounding is a real thing. So um, so we are wrapping up. It, for for your audience, if you want to get a hold of of me, uh, I'm at the Real Estate Underground. And again, I'm on Apple and Spotify and Stitcher and, and Google Play and anywhere else you can get your podcast. Uh, you can also find me on pretty much any social media platform at Clark, Clark ST Capital. Uh, and uh, we're at uh, ClarkST.com, ClarkStreet.com. Um, on the website. And if you want to reach me directly, uh, hit me up on any of those. And I'm ed at clarkst.com. Send me an email and I'll answer you. Excellent. So, yeah. I have a feeling we're going to do this again. Yeah. It's like, absolutely. I want to dive in. Well, you already done it twice. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want to dive into your whole business. I, I love where you're headed. So yeah. Well, I'd love that. That would be great. Um, tell me when I'll be there. Great. So Sounds we'll, great. We'll, we'll send you All some right. dates. Yeah, right. absolutely. And I'll make sure I don't have a softball game afterwards. So I'll drink with you. So same uh, as always to everybody listening, like subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family. We really appreciate you guys listening to us and everything that we can do for you. Yeah. And if you're, if you're a bucks and brews listener, please go also listen to real estate underground and vice versa. Cause you know, we're doing good stuff, both of us. And yeah, we want everybody you. to hear it. Absolutely. And, and to my real estate undergrounder, same thing, you know, these guys, uh, you know, you're going to get the real deal. They've got, um, you know, a tremendous catalog of, of shows and, uh, you know, they bring real world experience and, and, uh, from a lot of different investing classes. Um, so if you, you know, if you're interested in the stock market or you're interested in real estate or you're interested in something else, pretty good chance there's an episode on Bucks and Brews to talk about that. So guys, thank you very much. It's it really for having us on. And, thank you. I uh, appreciate it. All right. Hey guys, thank you. And I'm sorry about the uh oh, we don't care. But, yeah, but that it was, happens. We've done it too. We we have You've dialed in to Box and Brews. You might hear something you can use. Like tips on your cash or tips on the suds. You're going to want to use the smarts of these studs. Because they know the brews. And they know the box. And they know they can't help the stubborn fucks. So listen up, because shit's not funny. And save yourself some beer money. Bucks. And, and brews. Bucks and brews. Bucks. And, and brews. Bucks and brews.